Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they're a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and more printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, Studios502.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in to the one and only Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson, and have we got some pretty decent stuff for you today. It is Friday, May 15th, and we have Nick Burks from War Cloud calling in to the Metal Forge to talk about their upcoming album, The Ear Hammer Sessions, which is due out May 22nd. They're doing some bundle packs on the uh, warcloudrock.com. Go there, check it out, and I'm going to be playing a couple of tracks for you. And... Before we get into all of that, and I know you hear me say that all the time, uh, I want to give a shout out, you know, and a moment of remembrance to Little Richard, uh, who passed away this past weekend uh, at the age of 87 years old. Uh, Such a pioneer. I'm glad to have gotten to see him perform at South by Southwest in 2004. Uh, The biggest takeaway, other than the amazing performance that I got, was him uh, being the keynote speaker and talking to uh, a room of like 5,000 musicians and promoters and producers and engineers, everything, where he just sit there and basically told you, you know, be responsible for your own stuff. Don't let anybody become responsible for you because if they become responsible for you, you will not have anything. He had the phrase, sign your own checks and you should always know where your money is going if you are a musician because if you let somebody else and that doesn't it doesn't even have to be a musician if you're an artist and you don't know where your money is going you need to control that shit because if you have somebody else spending your money you're never going to have it any have any of it so uh, sign your own checks. He did have one other really good saying from that speech, and it was, the grass may always be greener on the other side, but it's just as hard to cut. So take that, take that into consideration 
with your with your own art, your own product. Make sure you know you know what's up. Uh, also, this past weekend, uh, Metallica started the recording of the the album "Kill 'Em All" 37 years ago, and uh, for many metalheads out there, even rock people, that was more than likely an, a hugely influ- uh, influential album for a lot of us. I know it was for me. You know, it's shaped my musical career. It's made me love metal and everything I want to do regarding that. So, shout out to that as well. I do want to point out that here's an interesting thing in arkansas uh, they're gonna start the first social distancing concerts you know they've got a venue it's kind of like um like a little uh theater hall about 1100 people and they're going to be selling uh tickets in what they refer to as fan pods groups of two to 12 tickets sold they have to be purchased in uh, pairs of two at minimum and each group is going to have at least six feet between everybody. So the ideal venue space now has been cut down by 80% right now. So they're going to be sell- selling about 230 tickets to an 1,100-seat venue for Travis McCready of the uh, country rock group uh, Bishop Gun. So that's going to be definitely interesting to see. Uh, just as long as everything they do is safe and nobody gets sick or anything like that, I think it would be a pretty good thing to do. So so let's hear some music. This is from the Airhammer Sessions from Warcloud. This is Vulture City.
right, I'm being joined on the phone right now from Nick Burks from War Cloud. Nick, how are you, man? Mark, uh, it's great to be here uh, on Metal Forge, and I am I'm doing great, man. Uh, as good as I can be, you know. We're on the road right now. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're not. It really sucks. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I mean, how are you? <laughs> not holding? on the road. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, some states reopening. Uh, check local listings. How, dude, how, how are you? How are you holding up with all the uh, the quarantine stuff? Because uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, be, oh, I was just going to say because you know I know you have several members across the United States and you're promoting <laughs> a new album. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the worst time to be a band that is uh, everyone's in a different state, <laughs> right? And, the, and then you're promoting a record, and for us, you know, like you see, you band like you know the the huge arena rock metal bands like Hatebreed and Lamb of God are pushing back their record releases indefinitely because of this stuff um and you know for a band like us we're we're on ripple music and we like me and alex wine the other guitar player singer for Warcloud, we just kind of he's in austin texas and we kind of just bounce these things back and forth of like should we not put out the record should we like hold it off like you know it's it's such a weird world to to be in now with like promoting a record and not touring off of it. Um, it's just, man, I don't know where to begin with this one. Um, cause we had, you know, we had this month, it's the month of May right now. And we had a US EU tour, like back to back, like no breaks. You do the US run and then you immediately get on a plane. And then the first show, show overseas is a, a, a festival in Germany. And we were going to do all this and we were stoked because we went overseas last year and we were well received. We're really grateful for that. And we got invited back and we were like, dude, this is it. Like people like are inviting us back. You know, we don't have to fight our way over there. And we were stoked. And then, um, you know, I guess diving even deeper to this, it's like layered like an onion. I was on the road with stone cutters in March of this year. And, um, you know, we could, it was a weird vibe, um, with, the shows and we had to stop in the middle of that tour and it was like i'm i'm calling war cloud on the phone while driving the stonecutters van and being like man from what i'm seeing because we were in new england at the time and i was like from what i'm seeing right now dude i have no idea what the future is going to hold and you know i'm telling this to alex wine the other guitar player singer in war cloud and he's you know in texas and he's like man i'd Okay, well, because he didn't, he didn't really see the wave coming, right. and it and it was like no one and nobody did. It wasn't like oh, I can't believe you didn't see that. Like nobody did. And the band Stonecutters, one of the band Stonecutters was on tour with. They're called Lich King, and they are a thrash band from Massachusetts. Well, when they were going to finish that March tour with Stonecutters, Lich King was going to go over to China and tour. Oh my god, it's dude. Yes. Like they're, they're the shit. They're just nonstop thrash, like pure thrash circle pit music. They were awesome tour with amazing people, but they canceled that tour before they went on tour with us. So they're on tour with us and they're like, dude, yeah, our China thing got destroyed because of this. And now it's coming over here. And those guys are super smart, really professional, extremely talented. The whole time we're on tour, they're like, I dude, I don't even know if this tour is going to make it through. And it was such an uneasy feeling having to like wear a face and perform every night and like act like 
you didn't know what was happening. Like you had to like kind of sell it to the audience, like, hey, everything's fun. And don't get me wrong, like we would have jokes every night on the on the mic, being like, how many of y'all are sick out there? This this microphone definitely has COVID nineteen. Like making jokes like that, and we were like, shit. Then, looking back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now looking back on it, we're like, oh shit. So then going back, uh, like how how's this band doing? And like the record Earhammer Sessions that's coming out this month on the twenty second of May. How is this all like? How are we doing this? You know, and it and it's kind of like, well we're trying to promote it as best as we can. And then the irony of it is like this record um, was recorded. It's a live studio record. So we just did like we're all takes in a studio. And then um, we had, we did it in Oakland, California at ear hammer studios. Um, and that's where like necrot, lecherous gaze, autopsy. Um, oh, who else is author has recorded there? shrink wrap killers, death grave. Um, it's like the Oakland sound, like dirty, nasty rock and extreme metal music have come out of there. Um, so we wanted to put out a record based off of our tour we did in Europe last year because we had this set dialed in and we really liked how the lineup of Warcloud does these songs. And so it's basically the way the band plays these songs live. We thought it was cool, like, you know, how like Maiden would do live records or there's BBC sessions of like Zeppelin records or oh, Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Yeah, and like you know, the the Fleetwood Mac version of whatever song you the the studio version of a Fleetwood Mac record or whatever Fleetwood Mac studio sounds different than Fleetwood Mac BBC sessions, and you might like that version more for whatever reason. Um, I know there's a lot of songs I like that are like the live version way better than the recorded version. Like a lot of Tim Buckley stuff, like his live versions were just fucking insane. He's such a great great vocalist. Um, but yeah, so like Earhammer Sessions for Warcloud is kind of like um, this is my first record with them, and it's kind of a re- reinterpretation of the way the band plays the songs with me and the band, the lineup at that time for the band, and it's just like faster, meaner. It sounds like Motorhead, Tank, Judas Priest live kind of head kind of thing. So really nonstop in your face kind of kind of feel for it. And we had Alan Deutsch's master, and he's mastered stuff for Motorhead, War, Mastodon, Deicide. Every time I die, uh, brand new. I don't know. He kind of runs the gamut. Sufjan Stevens, um, uh, origin. So, <laughs> so it was kind of cool to have these two things, like a studio in Oakland that I worship, like the bands of like Autopsy and all that death kind of stuff, and then Alan Deutsch's master it at West West Side Music. So it's kind of cool to have these these guys dig your music, want to work with you. Ripple uh, Music was into the idea of doing this. So they, they gave us the green light. They're like, that sounds fucking great. And um, yeah, so that's where we're sitting at. Um, so we're, we're trying to promote that as best as we can. Um, I just did a live stream for the record um, Thursday, like uh, you know, a couple of days ago. Uh, and it's kind of funny because every member of WarCloud lives in a different state. So it was just me doing a live stream on WarCloud's Facebook where I just played the new record with my guitar um <laughs> in front of an audience i'm using air quotes right now in front of an audience and so people would just like you know tune in watch and leave comments and it was pretty cool like the response was great um i couldn't get over it and and like i could read the comments while i'm playing guitar uh played the whole record all the way through and it was cool people from like portugal and 
um, France tuned in and said hello. People from Germany tuned in. It was it's pretty neat. So Hell played yeah. in front of a lot of yeah, played in front of a lot of people in my apartment. And it was also kind of weird too because like I'm wearing like my stage outfit and everything like that, and being in character um, in the on the live stream. It was just funny because you're literally playing in front of no one physically, but you still had that energy of people watching. So. It was fun. Um, I like doing it, and it was a success. So, hey. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, that's one of those things that you've got to take advantage of, especially through this uh, this time right now, you know, with all, yeah. of the, um, with all of the COVID-19 stuff and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a new trend. It's the new normal where you, you live stream concerts. <laughs> right. So yeah. back into what you were saying about like the, um, the recording and the mixing and mastering to me, yeah. to yeah. me, it's always the thing of everybody is like, Oh, have you, you know, making it, you always hear that, you know, we've made it or, you know, we're going, we're going to make it or whatever that, that quotes make oh, it. What like it a, what, yeah. Like in regards to like being successful. Right. That, and to me, know. to me, you know, that's always been a thing of, you know, making it to me is not only is it a part of like you know playing bigger shows and playing going on tour and things like that, but it's uh-huh. also um, being able to record in places where play you know not necessarily um, you know they they say bigger bands but like peer group bands now you know because you've recorded in a in the studio where Autopsy is recorded so technically yeah that was so sick <laughs> so to me that's a that's a thing where it's like they're they would be considered a peer group at this point. Um, I mean, yeah, to a, de- to a like, degree. To a degree, I mean, I say there's it's kind of like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, where it's like, hey, right. you know what we have in common? We've both recorded at Earhammer Studios in Oakland, California, or and had, then had the same mastering as Motorhead. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Um, and it's like. You know, I'm I'm missing I'm I'm not naming enough peers to be honest with you because a lot of people have recorded at Earhammer. A lot of people have mastered with Alan. Um, so or West but West still, Side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 an awesome, you know, it's an awesome oh, feather in the cap. Oh, dude, dude, it's it's totally cool because every time I talk to like um, Greg Wilkinson who records Earhammer, he is Earhammer um, Studios, or Alan, like talking to these guys as friends is really weird because it's like, damn, like, I guess you think I'm cool or, or you just want my money. (laughs) It's something like that. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm broad brushing it. Um, they're professionals and working with them was super rad. And they, I could tell they were genuinely excited. Like recording with Greg was so sick. Cause like I could play something and he would look at me and he would like smile really big like dude that was fucking sick. <laughs> but that that's the awesome part, the organic part of it I guess. You yeah. know where it's like yeah. you know, you can have something that impresses somebody like that who's seen tons and recorded tons of bands. Yeah, yeah, like they could just call up like Matt Pike on the phone and just you know like you know talk or something right. like that. So I guess like, that's the thing dude. of saying that there's always something new out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I've realized doing this show is there's always somebody new. You you get turned on to so many people when you don't have a certain restriction that you have to follow anymore. Yeah, Which, yeah. It's know, kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it's absolutely fun. So, again, back to the thing of uh, all all of the members live in other places. Yeah. So, so how do you all write? <laughs> um, 
Well, it's kind of a weird process where um, cassette tape. I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mail them cassette tapes yes. of my ideas. I have a four-track recorder, and I mail them all my ideas. That um, is beautiful. No, uh, the, the, that, that'd be very uh, – got to keep it so underground. I've done that um, before. Uh, dude, that's – fuck yeah. That's badass as fuck, Mark. That's awesome <laughs> as shit. Um, damn, respect. Yeah. No, but uh, um, the, way it, it, the way it works now for us is I'm not a genius with recording stuff. Um, I usually just record all the ideas on my phone. And then I loop them, and so I layer a bunch of guitars. I have the drums in my head when I want, and um, I write down just on note paper like how the song's gonna go. You know, intro, verse, chorus, riff, bridge, solo section. So I write all that stuff out, and then um, I send it to everyone. I I write in notes. I timestamp like at 30 seconds. This is what I want you to do, and stuff like that. So I kind of just like map it all out. At least for uh, after Earhammer sessions, after you go pick that one up, the next record is gonna is gonna be really fucking rad like i'm almost done writing it while in quarantine um wow so yeah yeah i mean i'd kick myself if i wasn't busy right now um so so the writing process it's kind of just like honestly i sit there and learn other people's songs uh, or i make a spotify playlist of bands that i i'm really influenced by and then i just kind of play through all that stuff and then that kind of just meshes into like what I want the band to sound like, um, and I think like I I stole that one from uh, Bowie because Bowie had an interview where they were like, "How do you write songs?" Because Bowie's a great songwriter and all that stuff. And he would say like for Rebel Rebel, he just played Satisfaction by the Stones over and over and over again until he came out with Rebel Rebel. And if you listen to those two songs back to back, it would be a great playlist of two songs because they both kind of have the same vibe. And they came around at the same time, so well, I don't, I don't think at the same time, same time. But he definitely like just took Keith's riff from Satisfaction and then just kind of manipulated it, and then you have Rebel Rebel. And nobody, nobody would be like Bowie's a hack; he totally stole Satisfaction. But I can kind of see those from like putting the fingers on the fretboard. So right. like, say, yeah. So like, say, um, like the song like Bloodstone by Priest, which is all screaming for vengeance. I love that song. The intro is so beautiful. It kind of has a classical feel, and it's a rocking tune. I would play that over and over and over again until like I squeezed enough juice out of it to get a War Cloud song. So that's kind of like my process. So I'm sure a lot of people have that, or some people don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's the influence. I get that completely. And the back on the the Bowie uh, Stones thing, we'll see that you know that's kind of a, a skewed perspective because they were friends too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You totally. Know, just totally. like. I've always noticed a similarity between Curse of the Pharaohs and Two Minutes to Midnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they came out at around the same time. Yeah. But then yeah, again, that... they're both new wave British heavy metal bands. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, I, I think I, it's, it's important. It, <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's, I think stuff like that's really cool to me. And from a fan perspective, they just want more of it. So if there's another band that's kind of doing like a trad metal thing or a new wave of British heavy metal thing, they want it. They want to find out about like you know, I guess a band that's like Tokyo Blade or a band that's like uh, Loudness or a band that's kind of like Priest Worship or Maiden Worship. So that that whole genre exists, and they all feed off of each other. You know, so oh, yeah. same could go with like yeah, you know, doom metal or speed thrash. Um, 
you know, traditional metal. I think all those bands kind of steal from each other in a way. And um, it's cool. It's I, I love it. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it unless you like call yourself like, I don't know, born to lose. And you're just like a motorhead ripoff band <laughs> or something like that. The road uh, crew. <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'll start a, a band called the road crew. Yep. You ever heard of motorhead? No, never met her. <laughs> right. Right. Uh. <laughs> So yeah, that's, when, that's hilarious, man. So this is always one of my favorite questions, and some people, you, and it's one of my favorite questions because I'm a musician, and I've had sure. some really fucked up stuff out there. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we, let's get the, all right. Let's get and, to the and you can do this, and you could go. I know you've played in several groups. You know, yeah. You, this can be from anywhere, but okay. Uh, when you write a song. Like you, like you were, you know, you were just talking about with the uh, quarantine, you've pretty much written a new album. Yeah. 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 Do you assign ridiculous, uh, working names to things? Oh, um, let's see here. Uh, no, actually like, um, my notes are in the other room right now, but I have the note, like the song titles in my head that are working titles. So you're talking about like yes. before the song. Yeah. Like a working title for a song. Um, not really. I think I named them actually going back to the David Bowie stones thing. I name them after the songs that they were inspired by. Okay. So there's one called, so there's one just called like motor priest. <laughs> Wonder where <laughs> that one is. Yeah, <laughs> that one yeah, sounds yeah. like it's like, going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so like that's kind of like, I think saying stuff out loud kind of manifests like, the more you say something, and you physically act upon it, and then you kind of get in the headspace or the vibe of it. So, by me doing that, it kind of it pushes the envelope of that to really seal the deal of the image, the sound, everything. So those are like the song titles for like War Cloud, the new record. Working titles are all like uh, Motor Priest or um, <laughs> Brave New War, like Brave New World, like Iron Maiden right, <laughs> or something definitely. like that. Um, so, so they're all kind of tongue in cheek to that stuff, and uh, I kind of picked up on that from a, a band called Night Demon. Um, oh yeah. If you've ever, yeah, they have a song called Maiden, like Iron Maiden, Hell, and uh, it's it's off. I think it's off Welcome to the Night, and uh, the song is so funny because the the singer Jarvis he references every like there's so many fucking Iron Maiden references in the song and every in the song like I'll say it's like. I was a wrath child in a brave new world. Uh, so like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's genius, really tongue in cheek kind of stuff. I wish I would have written. And he commits to it. The band rips. So shout out to Night Demon. He plays in Sirith Ungle too, which is super fucking sick. So hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a good concept to have. I've I've actually never thought about writing. Uh, working titles like that, you know, because I'm in a metal band, you know, it's always yeah, something, yeah. it's always something lewd or obscene, you know. Yeah, uh, so. and that could and that could help, you know, having those titles like uh, the kind of Chuck Schul- Shoulder titles where it's like this one's called Crystal Mountain. Well, that's kind of open to interpretation. But then if you ask Chuck what that was about, he was like, oh, that was about my Christian neighbors and they lived in a perfect crystal world. So like you like you could take those things and really go with them and go with your own personal vision. So it's open to interpretation. I think the reason why I went with like naming them really spot on the influence is because it pushes the image and it's easier for everyone to understand whether it's the guy behind the board mixing or recording it, the producer, um, the fan, you as a writer. It just pushes that and it gives you a really finite, solid image of what you want it to be. So definitely. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if you could have written or recorded an album or song from another person, what would it be? Oh, fuck, man. Uh, fuck you for asking that one. <laughs> uh, we ask the hard-hitting questions written, here, man. Uh any any genre whatsoever anything. yeah anything what it's usually i mean it's whatever you want it to be okay um well vangelis um he's like the electronic guy that did the music to blade runner and chariots yeah. of fire um there's a song off the blade runner extended soundtrack i don't think it's on the cd you could buy at the time but you can look it up on youtube it's the extended soundtrack of blade runner it's an instrumental called sweet solitude and it's just like a really beautiful song um i it gives me chills every time i hear it but um yeah that's definitely the song i wish i would have i would have written it's i guess i don't know i just think about like a fucked up future and everyone's sad smoking cigarettes and no one knows who a robot is and it's raining all the time i don't know it just paints such a good blade runnery sort of feel to it i fucking love vangelis so if i could have written any vangelis song it would be sweet solitude uh, the sax- saxophone solo is way sexier than any Pink Floyd sax solo I've ever heard in my life. It's fucking amazing. So, <laughs> awesome shit. Nice. And that's, or Roundabout by Yes, because that would be badass. <laughs> yeah, that eight and a half minutes of awesomeness, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Those two. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Great choices, for sure. I'm, I'm, definitely, oh, gonna, I'm definitely going to, after, after the... Uh, the interview look that up and just give it a give it a couple of spins and see because oh yeah i love instrumental music too so oh it's a it's a beautiful creepy it's like it's like romantic and creepy at the same time um it's dude it's just the chord progression is really emotional uh i've shown it like to other guitar teachers that i um i teach with that have been around way longer than i have and then they always kind of nod to me like damn that's some cool shit <laughs> like you know because they like they grew up rocking out like steely dan chord charts and shit like that so a bunch of chord nerds slash chords and all that shit <laughs> right on yeah so why music for you what is uh, what does music have that draws you to it i don't know um i i wanted to start out uh i wanted to play banjo so i went to the music store my mom took me there when i was a kid and i wanted to rent a banjo because Steve Martin played banjo and he was really funny and he had an arrow through his head and he would tell jokes and all he like, I thought Steve Martin was hilarious and all the SNL shit was funny as shit. So, um, I wanted to do that and, um, they didn't have a banjo and I'm really bad with technology. So I was like, well, I'll get an acoustic guitar cause you don't have to carry around an amp and a cord. So I got, uh, an acoustic guitar and then like played like worship music and you know, stuff like that. So, it kind of just snowballed into it. And then I got into like Rush and David Bowie um, and then into like like Boston and stuff like that. So just kind of kind of classic rock shit. And um, it kind of just snowballed. And, you know, someone showed me Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Blue Oyster Cult. It just sort of it wasn't like a, I'm going to uh, this is it. This is what I choose to do because like I would skateboard and just kind of like hang out i don't know it just slowly turned into that and then like doing a live performance for the first time i was like wow what a thrill what a rush that was really cool um the the emotional experience from that and like the high you get off of it is something you can't really achieve anything else there's no other experience that you can compare that to the way your brain and your body work so um 
the the rush of that was in, was really really sold me. Um, and the performer thing. My mom my mom was a performer, um, so I wanted to like. I guess I had that in my DNA. Uh, she tells me that, so I believe it. <laughs> um, so she was a she was a performer, um, but not with music. She was a clown, and so she would do like you know magic tricks and stuff like that, and she would entertain people, and that was cool. And I kind of just got it from her, so. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. So why music? Um, why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't I, know. <laughs> back on the live performance aspect of it, I 100% agree. To me, you know, there is no other feeling of going out and, you know, being able to feel that when you're spot on and and you're yeah. and when you're when you're on and you're rolling and then, bam, you play the best set of your life. Yeah. There's yeah, no it's, other it's, feeling it's, like that. It's definitely something to be thankful for, man. Super cool. Hell yeah. I love, honestly, you know, and I play without (laughs) earplugs. Oh, yeah. I started doing that because I think my hearing's going. Well, I know mine is. I know mine (laughs) is. But I am, if there was anything, I am completely addicted to that feeling of when you lay down at at four in the morning after a hell of a show. (laughs) and, And you feel the pressure in the ring in a dark room. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> there's no other feeling like that to me. And um, Yeah, man. Uh, I hate hearing that ring sound because that, that's like the last time you'll ever hear it, that decibel. So you're like, <laughs> right. so you're like fuck, that's like, that's not a good sound. But um, I, know, <laughs> right. I know what you mean. Um, that it, it's a priceless feeling. And also um, the, the response you get from people that connect with what you've worked for um you know, from a fan, from a fan standpoint, when they're like genuine and appreciative to what you do and they, they use your music to help them get through the day or they apply it to their lives or it, you inspire them to go out and pursue, pursue music, you know, stuff like that, or people just genuinely excited to see you perform. That stuff is just like crazy to me. You know, they're like, yeah, it's like, what the fuck, man? People relate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> I had because, some... like, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> oh, like, because you know, like, you, you could listen to a song that helped you out with whatever in your life, and then that changed you for whatever reason. Like, first time you heard "Eye of the Tiger" on the Rocky movie, you're like, "Dude, I'm about to fucking go kick some ass." Definitely. And, and yeah, yeah, like, you know, if I have that in, the "Eye of the Tiger" impact on somebody else, or like the Rocky music, you know, that kind of inspirational shit. That's fucking badass to me, man. I want I want people to feel that way, you know. Absolutely. I um was speaking with a friend of mine the other day. I'm gonna give a shout out, and I'm gonna say his name to Dale. Uh, he actually designed the Metal Forge logo. He goes, sweet. He said to me the other day when I ran across him, and I was like, you know, just shooting shit with him. And he goes, you know, I didn't realize how much of a metalhead I was until I actually started listening to your shitty band. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, thank you. That's funny. And he's yeah. like, he's, he really likes, he really likes it, but he's just like, you know, giving me shit. But he's like, I didn't realize how much he actually really did like metal. He just thought, oh, only metalheads like that. But it's a, it's a total good feeling, you know, that, yeah, I get you a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's um, cool. It's kind of, um, it's just weird, man. Or like you, I don't know. Music's awesome. And like, I had a surreal experience today. I don't know, but, uh, Todd, he played in slint. He owned wild and woolly, um, video. He does wild and woolly Pilates now. Definitely. Uh, he, I, I, I love Todd. He's like, he was in fucking slint and he hit me up today for guitar lessons. Cause he's really into like, 
like caveman riffs from like you know anything off maggot stomp records or like undergong or outer heaven stuff like that he was like hey how do you play those like drop a riffs and like it was cool to hear the dude that played in slint ask me that because it's like holy shit like man music's so cool for those reasons like i love todd and music brought us together so it's like it's super fucking cool man i love it it's awesome and it's like the snake eating its own tail kind of thing because mm-hmm. it, it's come full circle at this point. Yeah, you might have been so influenced by Slint as a young lad. And then now here, 20 or more years later. Yeah, you're you know, right, right. Getting, you know, asking uh, guitar advice from him. So that's totally yeah. cool. That, yeah, that's like so crazy, man. Or, man, that's happened like whenever like you play with a band and they like ask you like tips on how to play stuff. You're like, dude, but. You're in Deicide, or like you're or like you're in Demolition Hammer. Right, you're like, in a band that I I looked up to. Like I just opened up for you guys. <laughs> right. um, but th- I, I think it, it's cool when they do ask you because it shows like they they they're they're not above anything and they right. they want to learn too and they're not like rock stars because I've had the rock star people before too and I'm like man. I love your music, but you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Definitely, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Yeah, uh, let's just talk about those. Let's just talk about those terrible experiences right now. <laughs> when did you get rock star by an asshole? <laughs> I can tell you too right now, and I don't care. To t- I don't care if I tell you their names for real, dude. This is a good interview. Go you want to go first? No, All go right. ahead. Um, first one was when I was a kid, and I was in a cover band. And we played with Ted Nugent and, <laughs> and Ted. Yeah. Right. Ted, that's an easy, this, these are easy ones. I haven't met anyone where I'm like, well, it's kind of shocking. I thought, you know, Will Oldham was really chill or something like that, you know? Um, but uh, we played this weird fest. Um, and I was a kid, I was like seven, 16, 15, 16, something like that, I think. Right. And, uh, I wanted to autograph my wallet and he wouldn't do it. He's like, no. And like, just totally walked away. And I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking kid. Fuck you. And, uh, yeah, he was such a fucking prick. Um, but I stood, I watched the whole show. He fucking slammed it. He just destroyed the guitar. I still love Ted Nugent. I think he's awesome, but my interaction was not good. And you have to keep in mind though. It's like, he could have had a bad day. He could have been sick. You don't know. You could have been hung over. I don't know. And, that, so you kind of have to excuse well, it. Terrible Ted, yeah. was, terrible Ted has never been hung over, apparently. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, he's never done drugs and all that bullshit. Yeah, um, just like Gene <laughs> Simmons. Right. right. Uh, yeah, Gene Simmons. Uh, no, but uh, that was that was a really bad one, but I still love Ted Dugent. I just remember him being a, a dickhead, and I was just like, man, that sucks, but – you're so good at guitar. I'll let it pass. I got another good one though, but I think you should tell me one because this is funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of, uh, certain, uh, instances, I can't say the name. I'll just oh, say, man. I'll just say, what the, does it rhyme with? <laughs> well, Bing day Malmstein. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't like donuts. <laughs> Yes, it's okay. Hell yeah. Um, Unleash the fury. <laughs> I will just I will just say they were Canadian trio and it's <laughs> and it's not Rush. Okay. Well oh okay. Oh, I, yeah. It's I a Canadian trio that's about. not Rush or Spell. 
Okay, I was about to say, are they from Vancouver and they have a record called Opulent Decay? No, it is not them. They are awesome dudes. Cam, cool. on a show yeah. uh, two weeks ago, fucking awesome dude. I, I love cool. that band. Yeah, uh, the new record's awesome, man. Oh, everything that they've done is awesome. And that's one of the mm-hmm. things we talked about it being like, everything is different from them, which is so fucking mm-hmm. cool. Uh, yeah, bands yeah. don't do that anymore, it seems like. They started off kind of sound like Cauldron, and then they sort of turned into their own thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of electronica in their new, uh, to yeah. me, sounding electronica. Um, mm-hmm. I, I equated it with, like, The Cure. Yeah, I was about to say, Man. you beat me to it. There's kind of like a gothy vibe to it, but yes. it's like prog goth. So fucking awesome. But anyways, yeah. no, uh, I went I went to book this band and, mm-hmm. and looked up their uh, booking company talked to their booking agent on the phone and he's like, yeah, uh, they're going to need at least $5,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you have to supply a full backline, uh, and catering for 15 people. Uh, huh. yeah. And that's only if they were on tour and it was another 7,500. It was like 7,500. If they for were like a one off for like one off. Kind of... Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I, and I actually had looked up the, um, not the agency, but the it's a it was a site called Pulsar. It was a it was a it's a yeah, deal. Yeah, I know Pulsar. Yeah. yeah. So I looked up mm-hmm. on there. I was just like, okay, well, what are these people actually drawing? And they were drawing mm-hmm. like seventy people. Yeah, that's that. I was about like once again. And I was I, when you <laughs> threw me that figure, I was like, how many? Well, how many heads are they in the door? Then I can justify the price. Exactly. And I and I sit there and said, I was like, hey, dude, um, I I appreciate you know the you getting back to me, but like really five grand if they're on tour and all of the extra stuff, that's cool. But you know, okay. So if we're doing like $15 tickets, you know, we're only looking at like 1500 bucks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, you could do meet and greets, but they get the excess of the, of the meet and greet pass. I it's wish like, I knew what band this was. Fuck. Um, they, uh, sing you, a song. Sing a song by them. <laughs> well, they have very they have very alliterative album titles. Uh, three piece Canadian three piece, not Rush, not Spell. Uh, you've seen you've seen the Metal Forge logo, right? Uh huh. Oh, I know who you're talking about. All right, got it, got it, got it. Of course they're. Yeah, dude, I've heard nothing but goofy shit from them. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're, Anybody, they're nut jobs, dude. Yeah. I actually recently just reached out to see if they would be on the show, and and check they checked the message but never replied. So, oh man, but I mean, they, I, mean I love the I've band, never, dude. I, I love the band. Completely. I still listen to them. Still right. listen to them. Still listen to Ted Nugent. Like it's just like as people, you know, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Whatever. On the Nugent thing, though. Somebody, yeah, I saw you know, and I hate this statement that I'm about to say. Say it. I saw on Facebook. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate that. Mm-hmm. But I saw a post. Hey, I saw on Facebook. Check this out. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. just like you know, that's like you know, shoving the light up your ass will kill coronavirus. I saw it on yeah. Facebook. So oh it must yeah, be true. yeah. Inject bleach, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I saw it on. But I saw it on Facebook, so it must be true. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's Love where it. I call uh, – there's two types of people. It's informed and Facebook informed. Oh, here's my fa- here's my favorite um, I saw on Facebook that has happened to me in the past 12 hours. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Definitely. So like, um, is the article that um, says mm, – okay, so to give everyone that's listening right now, if you're still with us, um, 
we're talking about kind of artists, news, false information, COVID-19, all kind of mixed in one pot. Yeah. So what, what we're doing right now is check this out. Here's an article I read. So we're going with the article. What was the headline? Now, now I'm not really helping. I'm spreading disinformation. But the headline was Missouri opens up uh, lifts ban and people can have concerts starting this week. That was the same one I read. (laughs) Dude, that one's so good. That one's so good because like other musician friends that I respect were sending me this and they would just, people just send you articles and then I guess they want you to read it for them. And so I was like, okay, fuck it. Uh, I, I can read this. I can take two seconds to read it. So in the article that everyone's going, Oh, sweet, sweet. First of all, if you've ever played Missouri, you're going to get fucking robbed. And it's mm, <laughs> like, it, I don't know. I've seen some crazy shit in, in Missouri. Definitely. But uh, yeah, definitely. So and OK, so that is the article we're talking about. And so people are like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. No one ever brought up the fact, though, that if you read the article from the governor of Missouri, that it says that these three cities St. Louis, Kansas City, and then what was the other one? There was a, the the cities that I played before in Missouri, the the bigger ones, the ones where they have live music. Those ones still don't have live music. The band is still in place there. And nice. then the best part, and the best part about this is, I would see comments, people going, "Oh hell yeah, I'll see you at Fubar." Okay, listeners at home, Fubar was a venue in St. Louis. Fubar is not open anymore. They're, they they shut down before COVID happened. So it's like, I don't know where people are getting this shit from. It's crazy. So, yeah, that the article thing is just it can, it's aneurysm inducing, dude. I fucking hate that shit. In the Ugh. in the comments. <laughs> that sucks. In and when that was shared through my list of friends and everything. Oh, in, yeah, here in, we go. It was shared by like festival promoters, dude. Right. I saw festival I saw festival promoters sharing that. And I was like, so you guys don't read these either? Isn't it your job to know this shit? Like you're in, dude. Like that killed me. But anyways, well, it, it, it's back on the Nugent thing because it was <laughs> yeah. that was one of the comments. It's like, well, who would even play this fucking thing? And somebody goes, probably Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah, all because would. of his political belief. And it's just yeah. like, you know what? Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out and say this. That dude, you know, if you're if you're if you're conservative and you dig him and you. And you probably hate his music if you do, you know, whatever. Yeah. If, if you're a right. liberal and you dig Ted Nugent's music and hate him politically, he, you know, it's like yeah. you can't dis- it's like you can't discredit what the man has done musically. Dude, he he fucking rips. Watch the watch the David Letterman interview with him where he plays with the C- CBS orchestra like Paul Schaefer. Oh, wow. and he's like, play- dude, it's such a great YouTube like video. It's like Ted Nugent on Letterman talking about how loud he plays and like they go into like Johnny be good with the CBS band orchestra. And dude, it's so sick. Like the guy is stupid, talented, smart, and he knows it. I have nothing respect for the dude. He fucking rips. Like would I hang out with him? Would I hang out with him? Maybe kind of out of curiosity. Sure. But my experience when I was a child and, you know, try to save him wasn't the best, but nobody, nobody's a thousand percent every day. If you are, then, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, Run for president. Definitely. And that was like the whole thing too. You know, James from Metallica, he quit doing yeah. meet and greets for the longest time for that reason, because he yeah. had to, he had to separate himself. Yeah, so, man. And I get that. I, 
I've 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 had people like say they've tried to meet him before and they're like, Man, he's fucking dick. I'm like, dude, if you had zero privacy in your life, you would be fucking pissed too. So I I get it. I, I understand mm, that. Like, very much. I the, you need you need alone time, you need privacy time. Some people don't give a shit. They're just like, Welcome to my life, you know. But I think there's a balance to anything in life, so but yeah, the 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 whole I saw on Facebook thing, especially with COVID, it's so insane. Yeah. Oh my god, it's crazy. It's it's insane with just political jargon to begin with, and this has just made it worse. Oh, the and it's weird because like with band stuff like behind the wall of this where it's like who's going to be the first band to like go out there and like do this again and you don't really know and then like you i i see like people i respect on facebook leave comments like hey you know fuck you if you're the band that tries to get people to come out and get them sick you know and then if i wanted to play the devil's advocate to that i'd be like well you know, like whatever you could, it's, it's on you. If you get sick, you didn't take the measures or something like that. It's just a cluster muck. And I don't, I don't want to be the face of blame for any of it. And I, I just really honestly have to keep my head down and I'm thankful for what I have, what my, all my bands are okay. Everybody's still like, you know, practicing, writing and everything. And it's just such a shitty, weird upside down time. So I really don't know, man. We're hoping that, like, because we had stuff booked the entire year of 2020, and now we're looking at, like, okay, so the the fest we have in six months from now, is that even going to happen? Like, right. we, we're, we're just being so hush-hush and keeping our heads down about it because – there's going to be some somebody out there that's going to look like an idiot for us. So thanks. <laughs> you know, all right, we're going to be on tour. Da, 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 come on out. And then nobody goes. And then you just risk your life and you lose a bunch of money. And then you have no one to be mad at except yourself. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> in, in light of recent events, um, the band that I would really prefer to get everybody together and, you know, take that, you know, die on that sword. Yeah. Puddle of mud. Oh, dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> only uh, because of the, <laughs> we, oh yeah, the, the, the Nirvana cover. cover. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we've been making jokes with all, all my bands. Uh, like, man, it'd be awesome if this band went on tour because they need to just fucking die. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm sure deep, somebody but... said that about my band. <laughs> oh, no. I've, I've, I've heard that the Godsmack one was really funny where they're like, uh, this is kind of in, in the realm of it where they're like, God Mac made a press statement and they're like, God smack. They're like, Oh, you know, we're not going to do any 20, 2020 tours. And then people are like, Oh, there's one good thing about this fire. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I know. I know it's pretty dark humor, but why not? It's funny. Um, but yeah, Polo Mud is, I don't know. That band's, uh, Polo Mud, if you're listening right now, um, <laughs> how you doing? So. <laughs> hey, so. That'd be awesome. What's up, Polo Mud? I, I need, I need to be in litigation. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Wes. Hit me up. It's MetalForgeRadio uh, at gmail.com. Hit him. Hey, Polo Mud, let's get an interview on Metal Forge. Where you at? Let's yeah, talk right. about it. Let's talk about that cover you did. What was going on that day? You know, and I defended that cover for one reason. The you defended it. The music is good. He just sucks. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what sucks? Wes just sucks. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, if you watch the video, the whole band is kind of like, Dude, stop! Like, yeah, stop. and they're, stop. The, one, the, I think the the bongo player the was laughing 
Oh, no, I think it's the bass player. Because there's, like, a meme about the bass player going around where he's kind of, like, like smiling, being like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, (laughs) when, I'm just going to go out and say this, when isn't there a bass player meme going around? Oh, dude, (laughs) bass player memes are so good. Uh, Uh, I love love Glenn Fricker's... uh, uh, bass player oh, shirt. dude! Yeah, your bass player's a piece of worthless shit, or yeah, whatever. No, uh, I think it's a uh, rule number two: is your bass player's a useless cunt. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude! That guy is—he's made a career up just being like the angry comedian of uh, metal music. Yeah, from uh, <laughs> Toronto. He, but you know, he—he he has a lot of funny very, Toronto, dude. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of very valid points, though. He oh, just, dude! He's just he, like he's Sam Kennison. Oh yeah, he's like Sam Kinison and Lewis Black, like mixed together. Um, God, I love Sam Kinison. His music was the shit. Like oh, yeah. when he did, dude, when he covered Wild Thing, <laughs> he's like, like the whole like his whole band was like dressed like Wasp, and he had girls like that looked like they were from like the heavy metal movie. Like take him out on stage on chains, dude. I love Sam Kinison. He was a shit. Definitely. He was like an, he was like a fire and brimstone uh, preacher before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Definitely. it kind of made sense. Made sense why he was like, turned beet red and in your face, dude. I, oh my god, I love the fuck out of Sam Kinison. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Glenn Fricker is just like funny as shit, and like you said, he has a lot of great advice um, with recording stuff, and it's cool too because, you know, now with like all the like bedroom recordings that are happening and that are putting out records that are turning a lot of heads. It's like, it's so sick. So I, I think I'm all about it, dude. Cause some of my favorite records recently have been put out by like small, nothing studios and nobody has like a degree to do it, but they're just killing it. They figured it out. Whatever, man. I learned how to drive a stick shift off YouTube the other day. So that was pretty tight. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, learn it, learn it. I mean, I had to help uh, from a friend. So, um, but like, the internet's a great tool if you read the articles. <laughs> Full <Definitely>. circle. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to. Get, yeah, the article has to be read. Uh, if I know you played a lot of shows, did a lot of tours so far, and yeah. still hope that there's ever time to do more. Obviously, but if you could have played any major concert from days gone by, what would have been? Oh, like something I missed. Yeah, like something, something that. Yeah, I, something that you could that. You couldn't have played either, you know, just if there was a, a walk-in festival that you wanted to play or oh, Day on oh, the like Green. A hypo- or, yeah, like a, oh, a hypothetical. Like a hypothet- yeah. Okay. What would, like, you, what would you have wanted to play? Okay. I thought the question would be like, so all the tours that have been canceled, what was the one you were looking forward oh, no, to? Guys no. today? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, like, let me wipe the tears from my face. Oh, um, no. Uh, not like no, that. It's, it's okay. Um, if I could have played anything um, – I would have been. I would love to do the Phil Collins thing where he played two fests in one day, where he like played like Live Eight, and then like flew a plane to go play another fest. Fuck, I forget what that was called. It was so bad. That is Phil Collins, dude. He played two fests in one day. He didn't stay at the festive party. He was like, "I'm gonna do another one," and he just performs. He's just killer, man. I love Phil Collins. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. He's the shit. Um, but yeah, I think I would have been a phil collins play two fest in one day or um i don't know like the pink floyd live at pompeii i think that would have been cool Hell yes. <laughs> like something pretty crazy like that or uh i don't know Valken would be cool bloodstock in the uk would have been cool um i don't know 
uh let's see other cool fests um was it hell there's like hell not Hellfest in france i would love to do that or um copenhagen in denmark mm. would be cool yeah that's a really sick one uh muscle rock which is also in denmark i'd love to do that or it's in Co- uh, yeah it's in denmark um i don't know there's like a lot of cool places um it, it, it never ends um the it, it, of, of past concerts love to play maybe like be on one of the kiss alive records like alive 2 or something like that right uh, kiss alive. yeah like that would be sick as fuck to be a part of that history definitely um, yeah i don't know that's a i could keep going with that one there's so many <laughs> or like you know the the hendrix uh it's like the band of gypsies it wasn't the experience because i didn't really get into the experience i like band of gypsies more but um he has this really great band of gypsies record um where it's like it's it's not like uh mitch mitchell or anybody like that in the band it's just a killer recording and i'm sure the audience was totally blown away like he plays machine gun on that one and that was just like yeah 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 dude dude that was that's a killer record i remember getting that as a kid i'm like man i've been sick to be at that concert or play in the band so, you know, where is your favorite place to perform city uh, and venue? Uh, okay. Um, I, uh, Cologne, Germany at Sonic ballroom. Um, we played there. It was a Tuesday night, but people crowd surfed. Wow. <laughs> so dude, that was crazy. Um, that was a really cool one. Um, and the the venue's cool too to answer that part um because the venue was um they cater like they had a a woman come in and um she was just like really chill like mom kind of vibe to her and she came in didn't really speak much english and she's like hello and above the venue you would have like an apartment to like live and sleep in so like it would be like full fridge um uh, the the mom kind of person comes in cooks food for you in the kitchen in the apartment and then both bands that perform that night have like a family meal in this apartment hang out you have beds to sleep in up there shower um you can wash your clothes and then you go downstairs and it's a full-on raging metal venue like people in there going crazy and the way to get into the apartment is behind the bar so you'd like come down from the apartment and then you'd be at the bar that's fucking killer. <laughs> dude that one was so sick Another one, um, there's like two more just because of like sentimental reasons. Um, uh, one would definitely be the Highland Tap Room in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just because like, I know it's not like the best PA system or, you know, arena si- seats, but, um, wait a minute. I've had a, they, uh, dude, it's just, they have a PA system. Uh, yeah, oh. I, I get, no, I, yeah, oh. I know. I maybe, I don't know. I don't no, Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know it's total shit and everybody will tell you that but um the but energy the the history dude the history the vibe the energy um the community it it make it makes it and it, if it wasn't for that it would be nothing so without that community we have nothing oh, um yeah. another really cool one is in fort wayne indiana it's called the brass rail and that's kind of the same setup as the place i was talking about in cologne germany where there's an apartment above stairs of it um, not connected to the bar and then the venue itself, um, the people that go to it, the sound there is awesome. Like it has a stage <laughs> and, um, the people that run the, the venue, um, the sound there, 
the people that go to the shows, they just want a great performance. And I, um, the, it's just a cool overall experience. So I love that place too. Um, it's, those are really, those three are all really special in a personal way to me. So, yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. So let's find out some more about you. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Do you have a favorite film? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Terminator, like anything Terminator related, it's badass. Anything predators related is badass. Uh, uh, I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, so with Terminator and Predator, are you a stickler with like the original or, oh, like or do you Terminator dig like one Genesis or, or whatever? Oh yeah. Yeah. Gen- alien Genesis or uh, alien Genesis. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, I think Predator is just funny. Cause like Jesse Ventura was in like the first one. Oh and yeah. Dude, that stuff was just so funny to me as a kid. Cause all his quotes are I so time to bleed. <laughs> dude, dude. Or the so one at the funny. very beginning. <laughs> the very beginning yeah. <laughs> that one um my dad would that, always rewatch that part he dude, would rewind it and watch it again just because it's so, funny as shit so funny that was like still I, they had it that was one of the movies you could watch on a plane when i was flying overseas and i was like <laughs> laughing so hard i was like dude i can't believe they put this on a plane no kidding. um yeah wow. I, right right yeah i know the movie like some of the dialogue doesn't age that well but I think it's hilarious, and Jesse Ventura is awesome. Um, he's so badass, dude. He's just like Green Party conspiracy shit. He's oh, he's yeah. so cool, dude. He well, he fucking rocks. <laughs> I know he and he just surfaced in the news here, just dude. Like yeah. Last week, so yeah. Um, about, he's he's about talking about running for president. Why not? I think he does it every election year. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Terminator's great. Uh, I don't know, like classic Adam Sandler movies. I love laughing. So, um, yeah, I, I love movies, man. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, I love the first two Hellraisers. Clive Barker is awesome. Like, uh, Nightbreed, like the stuff he did before Hellraiser was right. just like, holy shit. Like all the, the, the makeup, all the monster characters were wear and shit like that it was so cool. So yeah, definitely. Clive Barker rocks. Hell yeah. Do you have a favorite food? Uh, favorite food, uh, I don't know. Um, I like Greek food. I like Mexican food, Italian food. If I had to pick one favorite food that's like in my fridge all the time is hummus. I just eat a fuck ton of hummus. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but my band, everybody in every band I play in makes fun of me for it. Like I, I live off bird seed and hummus. Uh, so, which is funny. I mean, that's just like a weird idiosyncrasy about me. Um, so hummus is like the thing. So Sabra hummus, if you're listening to metal forge right now, sponsor your boy. Hell yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll send, I'll send them a copy of this. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I'm um, eating some right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was ta- it was Taco Sunday here for me. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Yeah, so uh, that that lets in you know everybody knows it's pre recorded anyway, so fuck it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like wait, uh, but I'm listening to this on a Tuesday. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, do you have an ultimate jam? Ultimate jam. Um. Uh. No. Um. I think stuff I like to warm up with though is kind of. I don't know. It depends on the context. Like you mean, like a party song? To is me, that what you're saying? To me, the ultimate jam is the the one song slash album, whatever it is, that makes its way back to your various media players. 
no matter okay. what, whether it's record, whether it's CD, tape, vinyl, you know, what, what one thing always finds its way back that you never tire of? Um, I think for me, it's kind of like party music. If I'm with people or something, or with like my girlfriend or something like that, like the three that I always love playing for like party shit are probably, well, there's like four. One is, uh, party all the time by Eddie Murphy. Two is easy lover. Phil Collins. Three would be psycho circus by kiss. Like the Uh, the song or the album. Oh, this, the song is dude. The song is killer, but the, the records also do. So, um, I like within I, on oh, that, on that album, yeah. the Gene song, Dude. you know. Yeah, that was. I got to see them on their on their farewell end of the end of the road tour. So <laughs> their farewell was, to the end of the road to yeah. They've been yeah. retiring for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. We were. Um, Did I you go we to Louisville? The, no, um, I'm. I I actually I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, oh. and um and my girlfriend surprised kind of us both. And uh, got us tickets for it, and David Lee Roth opened the show, and it was, dude, it was so sick. I've never seen David Lee Roth. I've seen Van Hagar, never seen David Lee Roth, um, never seen Kiss. We painted our faces and went, and man, um, nothing but good times, man. I, I was, my jaw was on the floor. It was so much fucking fun. That's it was cool. like, whoa, dude, it was so sick. First time you'd ever seen him? First time, man, and it was awesome. Um, my girl painted her face like a... The stand man, you know, Star Child, and yeah. uh, she painted my face like Benny Vincent, which is kind of funny. <laughs> nice, that is yeah, great. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny because people were kind of looking at me like, huh? And somebody called me, uh, somebody said I was Bruce Kulik or something like that. It was so funny. I was just like, sure. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't really give a shit. Um, wow. But man, yeah, because I think Bruce had like the onk, didn't he? Um, Vinny Vincent had the onk. Was that who it was? So, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was the onk dude because the onk Vinny Vincent is and, what he was called. Dude, he was awesome, and his guitar solos were so out of control. <laughs> he was just like, I think that's probably why they kicked him out because he was just like, all right, guitar solo. It's like, Bree! like just never ended. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, but it was awesome, dude. Uh, God, that was such a fun show. One of the best shows I've ever fucking seen, dude. It was so sick. I love Kiss. Yeah, I uh, I got to see them uh, back in March of la- of 2019. So oh, for the first sick. time okay. ever in Louisville, wow. they actually didn't have any support. They had a painter. Oh, okay. They, they had a guy doing. Uh, he was just like. He was painting, but he was like painting with just his like hands and throwing paint huh. into canvas. And, like made a Paul McCartney. He did one of. Uh, was he on stage? Yeah, yeah, huh. totally, totally cool stuff. And huh. yeah, it was it was awesome stuff though. I mean, like completely hmm. awesome dude. But yeah, the show was absolutely crazy. So much, yeah, fun, so much fire and ridiculous. Dude, they killed it. They were so sick on this run. They like slammed it everybody sounded great everybody looked great um the pyrotechnics the stage production i i fucking loved it another one that i finally got to see off my bucket list is um at the end of 2019 uh me and my girl we went on vacation to arizona and uh she like surprised me with um king diamond tickets oh yeah dude we that was insane his like stage production is so sick Definitely. and his band is incredible that fuck Andy LaRock I mean he played in he played in death dude he's the he's the shit so definitely a guitar hero of mine and I got to, like we were up front like the very front and I could see every every note he played and he's so cool 
That's so awesome. sick. Yeah, that, yeah. King Diamond Rocks. Awesome as shit, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Saw them. Saw him last year as well. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. So hell yeah. We uh, saw like you saw him on like the the North American Asylum tour yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, what'd you think of Idle Hands? Did you like them? Definitely rocking dude, the pa- rocking the patch on the battle vest now. Same thing oh, with Uncle sick. Acid. Yeah, I dude, I love Idle Hands. They were awesome. Big fan. Oh hell yeah, mm. awesome stuff. So, do you have a guilty pleasure? Um, I don't know. I think a lot of like a lot of people that listen to like really extreme music. If I told them I liked Idle Hands, they would probably be like, "That's like, I don't know, it's not macho or something like that." Right. Um, but but I I don't really have any guilty pleasures. Um, we listen like uh I don't know we listen to Garth Brooks a lot. Uh, I love I love country music. I like everything. Uh, there's no real guilty pleasures. I think I just try to approach everything with an open mind, and if it's good, it's good. If I don't like it, I'm not gonna. I try not to like. I'm never uh, on. I saw all this on Facebook. Going back to that, but I'm never a person to post like, "Fuck this band, they suck" or something like that. Because honestly, you're only giving that band attention. Right. And if I think it sucks, I'm not going to give you any attention. Right. <laughs> and, and ultimately, you know, it's. I've always said the thing is, it's not about that they suck. It's they might not be what I'm looking for or what yeah. I'm into, but they're they're good at what they do. Sure. Sure. I totally see that. And I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the flack on this one. You know, Nickelback Mm -hmm. is good at what they do, but it's not what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, I can totally throw myself on that um, that hill to die too, because if like from an industry standpoint, the mixing on their record, all the right reasons, like the one that like everyone knows because of the radio, the mixing on that, like all the EQ levels for whether it's guitar, bass, vocals, drums. Every producer, whether it's for your favorite band or a band you think is stupid, everybody uses that as a point of reference the way your record should mix. Right. So, um, you tell me. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, do I listen to Nickelback? Absolutely not. But do I respect what they have done? It, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I would be proud if I did if I could play in front of arenas every night, but. Would I want to write a Nickelback song? I I just don't really have it in me, you know. So I mean, we could we could. It's easy to make. It's it's low hanging fruit to make fun of that stuff, honestly. Right. And not to say that not to say that I'm a bigger person because I laugh at everything, including myself. I'm laughing at you, laughing at me. So, but um, yeah, I just it's it's an easy target. Try to think of something funnier. <laughs> do I still I laugh at it? Sure. Yeah, 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 I mean, definitely. do I laugh at, like, look at this photograph meme? Hell yeah, that's funny as shit. But, um, I, I you know, it, it is what it is. It's a good icebreaker. You can you can say, like, man, Nickelback sucks. All right, let's talk about Cannibal Corpse. Like, that'd be fun. I like talking about Cannibal Corpse. That, but, you know, it's a good icebreaker, you know. Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, do you have a Spinal Tap moment? Uh, all the time, every day, <laughs> every what's, day. My life is Spinal Tap. <laughs> what, what's a good one you could share? Um, okay. Um, at the oh, there's been a lot of them. There's too many. Um, I'm trying to think of a really funny one though. Uh, I think one of the funniest ones was definitely um, recently. I've been wearing cowboy boots when I play and. Um, I got on top of a bar and uh, I was like, I'm on top of the bar playing like, you know, guitar, fancy stuff. 
and you know people have been like jumping around fighting and goofing around all night and the floor's covered with beer or whatever it's wet and i'm wearing cowboy boots so they're not like traction shoes like you know exactly. new balance yes so you know where i'm going with this so um i'm i'm trying to look all cool and act like i don't care and i look down the floor i see it's it's glistening the floor is wet and um a couple people, including my girl, she's looking at me, just like rolling her eyes, shaking her head, like don't, and mouthing like don't jump. And I'm like, fuck it, if I jump off this, it looks so cool. And I jump off it and, whoop, and just like fall on my fucking ass. Oh wow! So, oh dude, here's another really bad one. Um, uh, okay, so we've had this show in Florida, and um, no cowboy boots at this time, but we we're playing Jacksonville, Florida, and maybe I shouldn't say that. Pretend it's not in that city. So we're playing in Florida. We're playing in the state. We're playing in America. And uh, there there is a wall in this venue. And um, I thought it would be cool because I would, like, jump on the wall and then jump off the wall, like kind of like pogo off the wall. And I was like, cool. I'll just, like, you know, drop kick the wall and then bounce off the wall. So I drop kick the wall and my legs go through the wall. (laughs) And then uh, I can feel, like, the floor on the other side so it looks like, I'm getting eaten by the wall or like the wall is giving birth to me. And then, uh, the band's still playing, you know, drummers are always going to drum. They, they, it's a drummer and, um, band's still playing. Uh, the bass player looks over at me and then kind of like looks down at the floor. Like he's like, I'm not going to look at that. You just put a hole in the wall. And, um, I get myself out of the wall. This is all within 10 seconds, maybe less, but it feels like a lifetime. And, um, I get out of the wall and I keep playing, and then I, I kind of look around the crowd, and the people in the front notice, and then they're, like, laughing and pointing at each other, and they're like, dude, that was fucking hardcore as shit. And then people in the back are just kind of listening to music because they can't really see over the other people's heads. And um, once the shit, once our set was done, because it was during, there was a lot of performances that day, it was at a fest. Um, try not to incriminate myself right now. If I go to jail, it's Metal Forge's fault. Um, <laughs> but, or if I get sued or something. Um, but I get out of the wall, play the rest of the set everything's fine and then i just act like nothing ever happened and no one ever brought anything up so wow yeah so cool. <laughs> yeah uh i don't know there's been a lot of them uh i had to punch some guy because he came into the venue um this is another place um I, this one was in florida uh not related to the other state that i just mentioned but uh this one was uh this dude came in he was wearing he was the ultimate florida man meme he was wearing jeans he had uh like uh shirtless jeans, just working boots on, and he came into the venue, nobody no one stopped him, he just marched it, and then he just walked up to me and started stomping on all my pedals and he had um like heart monitors on him, like you know, like someone was like just literally taking like his uh, heart rate before he came into the venue and he had all these like patches all over him and he started stomping on all my stuff and like, you know, you'd hear like flanger or go clean and you're playing a metal song. And then I looked behind me at the drummer, and the drummer was laughing. He was like, dude, because he was like a little crackhead guy. He's like my size. I'm a small person for listeners at home. And um, he was like stepping on all my stuff, and I was so fucking mad because I was like, dude, stop. Just stop. You're not listening to me. And he thought it was funny. He was just like nasty street redneck kind of dude. So I just punched him in the stomach, and it felt so good to punch this dude. So I punched him in the stomach, and then he falls over, and then security sees it, and they take him out. And I was like, yes. So that was another weird Spinal Tap moment where I actually had to fight the crowd. Um, I've never had to do that before. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little bit mess. That's surprising that you've never had to fight anybody. Uh, yeah, no, no. Like, really, I'm, I always kind of, like, talk my way out of it. Um, 
but that was that was a, a really bad one. Oh, what are other times? I have a million of those. So those I gave you three. I could keep going. So, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, one time we were in Switzerland, um, and uh, they only had one microphone. So the singer of Warcloud, he was singing. And um, in between songs, I would just scream really loud like I had a microphone. And I would go, hey, can you turn me up in the monitor? But I had no microphone. So, like, listening at home, you're listening. Imagine me just talking to a sound guy. And you're like, turn my microphone up. And literally, there's no microphone in front of me. <laughs> and so he would he would look at the board and try to find my microphone. Oh, my gosh. Dude. And then, and then I started doing this. This is a great uh, bit. I'd be like, hey, turn off the reverb, reverb, reverb. Are you listening? Listening to me, to me, to me. And it would really confuse him. Once again, no microphone. <laughs> Dude, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's hardcore, yeah. man. Yeah, that was, that was funny because the rest of the people in the venue kind of picked up on it. And I was just picking at this. Um, I was making fun of the sound guy. And uh, it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but it, the, like the band we were on tour with, uh, they were called Galactic Superlords. They're from Cologne, Germany. They always bring that up to me. They're like, that was so funny, and Warcloud always brings it up to you. Yeah, you just have to laugh at stuff like that. You can't be like, oh, I don't have a microphone, so we're not going to perform tonight. Um, you just have to roll with it, man. That's like, There's nothing guaranteed in life, so just be thankful for what you have and just fucking do it, man. Yeah, you have to work with what you have. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, what is your greatest achievement as a musician? Oh, man, um, I don't know. Um, one thing that always comes back in my mind, like, you have those random thoughts. You're like, why do I remember that? Like some, what someone said to you, like when you're a kid or something, um, was when Jack Owen, he played at DS, he played with DSI at the time. Um, he's, uh, now in six feet under, um, we, uh, we played with DSI and, um, this one was with stone, stone cutter. So I'll, I'll ref- like, I'll give you a couple. Um, so stone cutters play with DSI. And then afterwards, Jack Owen asked me for my autograph. Wow. And I was like, what? I was like, what? dude, you're Jack Owen. And um, I got my picture with him. I still have it. And I'm just smiling really big because it's like, dude, he played on like my favorite DSI records. And um, he's just fucking awesome. With Warcloud, um, Steve Z- uh, Zetro from Exodus. Yeah, Zetro uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zetro. Um, he he saw his play with uh, – he saw Warcloud play in um, – oh, it was in San Diego – Oh, it was in San. Thank you. Um, my girlfriend just corrected me. Uh, we we played in San Francisco with um, Flotsam and Jetsam, and uh, Steve Steve was in the crowd, and he afterwards he said I did a great job. So I was like, "What? Dude, <laughs> that's pretty, yeah, yeah." And like that was so cool. <laughs> you know that that is awesome because fucking like those the dudes in Exodus. Oh, are, the coolest! Are cool, yeah. They're yeah. the coolest dudes ever. They're not rock stars at all. No, they're all. I mean, and, and, when we dude, opened, Gary's the shit. Yeah, I when love we it. opened for Exodus, my band mm-hmm. years ago, fucking Gary was awesome. He's like, so uh, what are some of the cool places to go to, you know, haunt wise around here? And we're like, you know, where in Louisville, you know where it is, it's Waverly, and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. That. And he's just like, yeah, cool. Can can you show us how to get there? It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah dude. Man. They're so cool, and even like. To sweeten the Exodus thing, um, we we uh, we or Stonecutters, uh, we've performed "Bonded by Blood" with Rob Dukes, like in his hometown. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool, it, that, dude. He would like come out and see us, and we like learned on tour. We learned the song, and 
um, because we were talking to him through like the internet and he was like, yeah, I'll do a song with you guys. And so like on tour, we just rehearse in the van bonded by blood. And then like, and then we're like, okay, so Rob's going to show up at this show. And then we see Rob, like Rob's a bigger dude. Right. Um, and, and like he's bigger compared to me because I'm I'm like Danzig, I'm like a little taller than Danzig, but I'm a small person. And um, he like he came to the show and like my face just slid up. I'm like holy shit! So we like play like three songs and then I'm like Rob, come up here. And then he he fucking killed it, dude. And um, I'm thankful that uh, uh, my girl Bambi like has actually like there's photo I, like photos of us playing with Rob and it's just kind of like whoa. And then even crazier is like. He like texted me. He's like, "Hey, let's write some music together." And I was just like, "What, man? That's like, that's so cool." So like, you need to take that uh, offer up, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty pretty, um, you know, uh, heartwarming stuff because uh, like when when he sang on "Let There Be Blood," which is all the like the the classic bonded, yeah, yeah, it's that bonded record. by blood re-recorded. Yes, dude, I love Rob Duke's vocals. He's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, that was another really, like, holy shit moment. Um, or having uh, – I don't know, man. There's a lot of those. Like, I, sometimes I just wake up and think of one. I'm like, damn, I remember when I gave, like, guitar lessons in Germany to people that kind of spoke English, but they knew how to speak music, and they were, like, asking me how to do, like, certain guitar techniques. It was, like, stuff like that's like, dude, that's so sick. I'm teaching guitar in, like, another country right now. That's fucking rad. Hell yeah, so, That's yeah. killer. Yeah. Um, so I got one more question. Sure. And this is the morbid one. Oh, yeah. great. Awesome. So, if heaven or hell exists, what would you like to hear when you arrive where you think you're going? Oh, oh man, that's tough. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to hell. That's for sure. Um, the song I'd like to hear entering hell, probably uh, Disciple by Slayer, just because it's like, the fucking ultimate like fuck you let's just fucking break yeah. everything um that's a really good one um what's another really good like hell entrance song uh the hellion <laughs> uh just because it's so epic just going right. to hell um i don't know i think the hellion or uh you know disciple um mm. Huh. Born to I'm raise to... hell by Motorhead. Oh, born to raise hell. <laughs> Killed by death. <laughs> just going to yeah, <laughs> just going to hell. Um, I don't know. I think Wrathchild. You know that would be a fun one. Um, but yeah, Disciples might like just not even thinking about it, just like that's that's the mosher. That's the one where you know you're fucked. Nobody cares about you. You're going to hell. Oh, another good Slayer one would be. Uh, oh, it's the one. It's the first record that Paul played on. Um divine intervention oh, that yeah. song yeah that one where he's like awaken in a web like hell how can i get this place that one that dude i love that song that that's the best hell yeah, yeah man yeah so cool. <laughs> yeah nick it's been an awesome conversation dude um thank you again for coming on the show before we go tell everybody yeah. tell everyone out there how they can get a hold of war cloud stone cutters all your ventures how can they yeah. get the new ear hammer sessions album that comes out next friday may 22nd um okay well yeah check it out um i'm really excited that uh war cloud has a record coming out during all this crazy stuff next friday may 22nd you can get it off our Bandcamp page um on just you can just google war cloud and it's be the first thing that comes up or go um on our labels page ripple music 
and they have um, pre-orders. It's not too late. You can still pre-order a copy. Um, you can find all that stuff there. You can find Stonecutters on Bandcamp, all socials. Um, another band that I'm in that um, I'm really proud of, Cryptic Hem. They're a death metal band um, from Louisville, Kentucky. You can find all their stuff on Bandcamp. Um, I'm in a hardcore band called Bowels, like uh, the thing that holds all your poop. Um, they're on Bandcamp too. So you can find all that stuff on the internet. Um, we love your support. We'd love for you guys to listen to our music. Um, it hopefully inspires you to do something awesome. So go out there, check it out, listen to music, headbang, have some fun, share it with your friends. Hell yeah, man. So what is the song that we're going to play right now? What do you want to hear uh, off the new stuff? Lo- oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the song that I would love to hear off of our new record um, that's coming out May 22nd, Ear Hammer Sessions. Uh, the song I want to hear is Striker. You heard it. This is Striker. Nick, thank you. Thank you.
Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out, UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. Hey everyone, do you play tabletop games like D&D and Pathfinder? Well, hit up Eric at Imagination Studios. Uh, they do custom printing for all your minis for gameplay. Don't forget, they are a licensed Reaper, Artisan Guild, and more printer and dealer. Hit up ImaginationStudios502.com for more info. That's ImaginationStudios502.com. E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N Studios502.com. <laughs> 